Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Condensed Histories. I'm your host, Jem Daduchu, and what we do here is we take you on a journey. We take a piece of pop culture and condense it. We give you a little bit of an overview of it. But then, why is it Condensed Histories? Because whether people realize this or just subconsciously are influenced by, there's almost always some real history lying just underneath the surface. Don't believe me? I managed to do a half-hour podcast on Scooby-Doo and show you how it was linked to real history and indeed prehistory on that one. I've done things like Cobra Kai. I've done things like Monopoly. So honestly, if this is the first time you're listening in, have a listen to some of the other episodes. I always take you on an unusual journey where you're going to learn a bit about the pop culture and maybe, just maybe, learn a little bit about history too. So what are we talking about this time round? Well, do you know what? There's a part of me that thinks, why, why do I bother saying this? You will have seen it flash up on the actual title of the podcast. Hey-ho. But we're talking about Army of the Dead today. And what is Army of the Dead? Well, it's a movie that came out onto Netflix in 2021. It's only just come out. I finished watching it last night. It's by Zack Snyder, which means, yeah, going to have to talk about Zack Snyder. And I have got opinions. That's what I'm going to say about that. But also, Army of the Dead is from that genre called zombie movies. So it's a perfect opportunity. I've been wondering when to do something on zombies because it's a really interesting topic. And before you go any further going, uh, Jem, I, I hate to break it to you, but zombies aren't real. I know, but they kind of are in history, and it leads to a really interesting conversation about the history of an entire genre of movies that Hollywood and other places do produce. So we are going to be talking about the history of zombie movies. We're going to be talking about the history and origin of the word zombie. We're going to be taken to as far afield as the Middle East and also West Africa and the Caribbean and Hollywood too. Not bad going, really. So, come with me if you want to go on this weird and wonderful journey about the undead. So, actual zombie, from the terms where it's come from, doesn't actually mean a rotting, shambling corpse. But, if we want to have the descriptions of things like ghosts and reanimated bodies, well, they're as old as, as fiction itself. But I think it's safe to say that 
without getting too technical here, a ghost tends to be ethereal, almost like smoke or mist or something like that. It, it doesn't interact with you, really. That's a ghost. Whereas when I say zombie, we all know what we've got in our heads. This is a once human person that has died, being reanimated. They're slowly rotting. The traditional thing is they have a thirst for brains. And that's the modern term of zombie, but really it's a very modern term. There are quotes about ghosts and, and people rising from the graves endlessly in things like the Greek myths. It's it, even in the Bible, in Ezekiel, Ezekiel actually has a dream where he falls into a place of bones and these bones begin to shake and become covered in muscle and flesh and they start moving even though there was no breath in them. So that's pretty much the definition of a modern day zombie and yet that was written about two and a half thousand years ago but that's that's not quite what we mean when we're talking about a zombie so look that's my that's my setup okay i'll be coming back to the history in a minute but uh what i want to do is get into the wonderful world of Zack snyder but just before i do quick plug if this is the first time listening great thank you welcome please click subscribe if you can be great if you could give us a review and please spread the word i push out links to these podcasts on my twitter account i'm at jem deducci on twitter follow me say hi let me know what you think i get sometimes suggestions for these podcasts so feel free to interact with me i'm more than happy to interact with you that would be great if you could just tell somebody i don't know post a link on facebook or just tell an actual human being saying i'm really enjoying this podcast maybe you want to check it out too it all helps to grow and we are slowly growing so i thank you all for putting the effort in right Let's get to Zack Snyder, shall we? So Zack Snyder cut his teeth on a lot of music videos. But in the early 2010s, he was given the opportunity to do quite a brave movie. He remade Dawn of the Dead. And this is the first time I'm going to be mentioning George A. Romero, which I'll be going into a lot more depth later on. But Dawn of the Dead already existed as a movie, and it was a much beloved zombie classic. So why are you remaking it? You're doomed to failure. Well, Zack Snyder had a rather different twist on it. And there are a few zombie movie aficionados who, whisper it with me, prefer the Zack Snyder version to the original. <gasps> now, I think they both sort of stand up on their own. And full disclosure, I'm not the world's biggest zombie or horror movie fan, okay? I watch a bit of it, and yeah, we'll be coming on to The Walking Dead in a little bit. But the point is, even I know that there are just certain definitive movies in the zombie genre. However, first time feature length director, he'd obviously, as I said, directed multiple music videos, so he knew how to stick a camera in the right place, etc. And it, it both did well in the box office and it was well reviewed. It wasn't the absolute disaster many people predicted. So that was, if you like, what kicked off Zack Snyder's career. But what really got people's attention was his second movie called 300. Spartans! Yeah, that one. And from that point onwards, Zack Snyder very much had a style, which could be linked back to his music videos as well. 
and there's a lot of slow motion. And if you know anything about Zack Snyder, you've probably seen on social media about release the Snyder Cut because he went from 300 to a comic book that he utterly loved. And this is something I've mentioned before called Watchmen. It's an example of a movie that didn't do that well when it first came out. People either got it and said this is a really good and honest interpretation of this much vaunted and loved thing called Watchmen. If you want to know more, I've done an entire episode on Watchmen. I would really recommend you listen to that. So that's what I'll say on that. So if you like, that wasn't quite the big success he was hoping for, but it still proved that he could do some serious stuff. But once again, we get lots of slow-mo in it. His next movie is Sucker Punch. It's every one of us who holds the power over the worlds we create. I know that he's complained that that had studio interference. More on that in a minute. But it has its moments, no doubt about that, in Sucker Punch, but it clearly wasn't quite what he wanted. But if you want to do a YouTube video thing of Sucker Punch samurai scene, there's this little girl with a samurai sword dealing with three giant samurai one of which has a huge machine gun, and it's just an awesome action sequence that lasts about, I don't know, eight minutes or so. Great scene, if you just want to see that, and it's like, yeah, you know, Zack Snyder really knows how to make things pretty. If you like, he's a little bit like Michael Bay, but whereas Michael Bay is just sort of so loud and aggressive, leading to this concept of Bayhem, you know, he, he makes it pretty, but it sometimes can be really confusing, particularly particularly the action scenes. It's also really sexist and really crude, and it's the lowest common denominator for further information. Watch the second and third Transformer movies. You can hate me afterwards, but if you're, if you're sitting there going, I don't know much about Michael Bay, watch those two and go, how could you make something sort of so crude, crass, really tin-eared with its humor? I mean, borderline racist in some places. And this is just to sell toys to kids? Why? Why? Just why does it have to be like this? Exactly. So that's Michael Bay. Whereas with Snyder, you know, he has also been accused sometimes of style over substance, but boy does he know how to make things pretty. And because of his penchants for slow motion, you can see what's going on. However, we can argue that there's too much slow-mo in some of his movies. He then gets involved in Man of Steel and then Batman v Superman and then it all leads up to Justice League, which unless you've been living on the moon or nowhere near social media, you'll probably know that the cut that came out into the cinema and I saw it with my kids and we all walked out of it and went, that was definitely a movie which had Batman and Superman in it. It was even my kids realized it was pretty inconsistent tonally and it was all just really safe and seemed to be a bit rushed and then it started coming out that Zack Snyder who had to leave for very personal reasons because of a bereavement in his family he was taken off and Joss Whedon was brought in and hopefully he could sprinkle some of the magic from the Marvel movies but Joss Whedon had a very different view to Zack Snyder and those two visions just clashed and it didn't work and so it became obvious particularly when people went to see the movie and then they went back to the very first trailer and went almost none of the footage in this original trailer was in the movie what's missing in this film which led to eventually Zack Snyder saying yeah you know there's an entire cut that I've done that's very different to this and cutting a 
four-year story short because of COVID, because HBO Max wanted to get more people to come onto it. Sort of the stars accidentally aligned for Zack Snyder. There was no way under normal circumstances a studio was going to spend tens of millions to put together a box office disappointment into a new cut and edit, finishing off the special effects, bringing back the cast to actually do a few more scenes just to fill in the blanks to create a four and a bit hour long movie to be released on streaming, which you could see for free. That's an insane statement. And yet that's what happened earlier in 2021. However, while he was putting together the Snyder Cut of Justice League, at the same time, in summer of 2019, he started to film Army of the Dead. Yes, finally, 10 minutes in, Jem starts talking about the movie that this is all meant to be about. But the reason why, you can hopefully see that there's a setup here. His first breakaway hit, his first directorial debut of a feature was Dawn of the Dead. He likes his zombie movies. And, and if you like, what we've got with Army of the Dead is, compared to the Snyder Cut of Justice League, a much lighter film of just under two and a half hours. I think most people would agree probably doesn't need to be a whole two and a half hours long. So he likes his movies long, and it's all the usual things. It's got slow-mo, it's got muscles, it's got guns, it's got swearing, it's got violence. But do you know what? This all fits the zombie movie. What's Army of the Dead, basically? It, it does give a bit of a new spin on the whole zombie genre. Basically, there's a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, and they manage to wall off Las Vegas. So if you like, the zombies are not threatening the whole of planet Earth, but they've now, if you like, got their own territory. They've got their own kingdom. And in essence, there's Dave Bautista. We see at the beginning all these people trying to get out of there and we see all the major characters sort of like fighting their way out of Las Vegas and they sort of like learn how to become zombie killers, if you like. And cutting a long story short, Dave Bautista is approached by this Japanese businessman who says to them, basically, there's $200 million of my money in a vault in Las Vegas. I want you guys to go in grab the cash, there's a helicopter on the roof which you can refuel and just fly out of there with the money and you'll get lots of money. There's $200 million beneath the strip. That's the basic plot. So it's a heist movie. Put together a team and get it up. And a zombie movie and a survival horror movie. How precisely do we do the zombie killing? All at the same time. And it works. You know, is this Citizen Kane? No, no, it isn't. But is it Fun? Can you watch it for free on Netflix right now? Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to see a zombie tiger? Of course you do. So, there's a zombie tiger in it. It's not the best bit in it, but, you know, it's something a bit different. And what Dawn of the Dead remake did is it was one of the first, I'm not saying it was the first, but it was one of the first which suddenly had different types of zombies, like the fast zombie, almost like an attack dog. You see, the thing about the earlier zombie movies is any one zombie was not a threat. It was a slow, shambling thing. It could be easily dispatched with a shot to the head or something to take basically the brains out, okay? You could be hack it with an axe or whatever. How do you kill her? You've got to aim for the kneecaps and then kick her head off. <laughs> oh, right. So the thing is, it wants to eat brains, but if you take its brains out, it actually dies for good this time around. Of course, it leads to things where you don't quite do it. Like, I don't know, you chop the zombie in half and then the zombie crawls towards you still wanting your flesh, leading to a great zombie movie moment. But I'm trying not to be too graphic here because I'd like 
kids to watch this too. Although, for the record, they should not be watching Army of the Dead. It's rated 18 R in America for very good reasons. Strong blood, strong language, etc. And it's a bit scary. Bit scary. I think if you're an adult, it's not exactly like The Shining or anything like that. But in other words, we're seeing Zack Snyder just having fun. And it's very different. It's an interesting companion piece. I can't think the, the last person who had two major Hollywood movies in inverted commas, even though neither of them really got a lot of screen time in cinemas because of COVID. But oh, Army of the Dead was actually released in America in the cinemas for about a week as the cinemas started opening again. Movie theatres, as they call them there. And so yeah, within the space of two months, you've got two big budget films coming out by the same guy. And they are genuinely quite different. Justice League... I enjoyed. I enjoyed the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Yeah, of course it was too long, but then again, it wasn't really meant to be watched in all four hours. Like many people, I watched it over three bits, and it was definitely better than the movie that came out a few years earlier than that. It didn't need that little addendum at the end where he was just basically saying, ha ha ha, look, look what I, else I could make if you just let me back into the into the DC universe, which has led to a whole hashtag, release the Snyderverse. It's like, it just I'm not going there or getting into that. But yes, so Army of the Dead is just rip-roaring fun. Sometimes literally rip. If you want to see something like that, if you just want to have a popcorn movie, switch your brain off Saturday night, perfect thing to sit on the sofa and just enjoy. As you're munching the popcorn, you can pretend you're munching brains. So Army of the Dead is a good addition to the canon of zombie movies. It's by no means the best or, or anything like that. Just to be clear, started filming in the summer of 2019. Obviously, it's going to lead to post-production and things like that. So he was literally editing and checking the special effects of the Snyder Cut and Army of the Dead at the same time. That's pretty impressive. They are quite different films, but he did it. I would say the most impressive example of that, however, is a whole other level. Because, get this, while Steven Spielberg was filming Schindler's List, where he was based in Poland, on location, filming this incredibly amazing yet harrowing depiction of the Holocaust, he was every evening editing Jurassic Park. Those are much better movies than either of those, and also much more different movies than the two Snyder ones, okay? So that, I think, is the ultimate sign of why Spielberg is the greatest director who ever lived. Try keeping an intricate map of Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in your head at the same time and give them both the, the energy they deserve. Amazing. Anyway, Snyder's still pretty good in that respect. But I want to now take it back. Let's get some history in there. We will be coming back to the wonderful world of movies in a little bit. But zombie, where on earth does that word come from? If I said aquatic life, you know that's life under the water. Where do we get the word aqua from? Answer is it's Latin. If I told you that somebody was going berserk, you know what I mean. Very angry, very violent. Where do we get that word from? That's actually Old Norse. We got it from the Vikings in the English language. We know the origin of many different words in our language. Jemtaduchu, I'm half Turkish. Interesting. The one Turkish word in the English language that we know is Turkish is yogurt, which again doesn't sound very English because, let's face it, the Anglo-Saxons didn't eat yogurt. It, it comes from the Middle East and, and Turkish for it is yalt. So you can see it's a very, very similar word. So zombie, where's that come from? And the answer is, it comes from West Africa. In fact, there are definite links into the Congo region. So we are now in southern 
West Africa, where the Congo word, you've got things like Nzambi, and you've also got Vumbi, where both of those are sort of like godlike, spiritual, ghost, revenant. And we can see, yeah, okay, I get where the word zombie is coming from there. That was clearly carried from Africa to the Caribbean. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How did all these people get in the Caribbean? Yes, I'm going to have to mention the slave trade, and in particular, Haiti. Haiti is to this day an epicenter of this sort of shamanistic West African beliefs, but because the slaves, this is what so many people don't understand, the slaves were grabbed from many different nations. They didn't necessarily have a language or culture or religion in common. And so what you get in the Caribbean is this sort of melting pot of African culture as opposed to somewhere like America being a melting pot of European culture, at least early on. So you get Haiti sort of bringing all these various traditions from West Africa and putting their own spin on it, being influenced by each other in a way that to this day isn't quite so obvious in West Africa. Indeed, where you got somewhere like Nigeria, that country is either very Catholic or very Muslim. Now, there are still elements of the folklore traditions in somewhere like Nigeria or Ghana or Togo, but the reality is these other religions that were brought in by, in essence, missionaries, be they either Muslim or Christian, really have swept away a lot of it. Whereas, by contrast, Haiti has preserved some of these traditions that have disappeared in West Africa. So if you like, it's an ethnographic jackpot for finding out some of these things that are being forgotten from their actual origins. And 
a lot of this has been mixed into something, a word we've all heard of, voodoo. Power of voodoo. Voodoo. Which is a series of religious traditions and potions and lotions and things like that. Now, the problem is, as soon as I say voodoo, voodoo. You can't help yourself. Your mind's going into sort of like little little wicker dolls and things like that, which isn't really a thing. That whole voodoo doll was an invention, 20th century invention by people not from Haiti. People would create effigies of themselves, and sometimes they would create small effigies which had little like flasks in them so that they would pour in ointments and things like that to make somebody well. I guess you could also do a negative one as well, and they would be stoppered or corked, but at no point do you sort of like stab needles into a thing, okay? that that That's just made up. You got that from movies. And so from the 1600s onwards, we get this idea of zombies and these people who are creating potions and lotions. I'm trying to avoid phrases like witch doctor because again, it's just dripping in white supremacy. You, the, the thing is this, if, if you try to explain to somebody who's never seen a Catholic mass before, and you talk about things like a, or, or like a, a baptism, where you've got a magical lotion, holy water, and you're dipping a child's head in it, and there are sort of weird incantations in a language nobody knows, and then the priest stands there and sips from a cup, this sort of special, again, liquid, and hands out little wafers that people are meant to put into their mouths. If you explain all this and, and nobody's ever seen it before, the difference between that and a culturally very different ceremony in Haiti, where you have a priest standing there, mixing up potions and lotions and handing them out as people chant and sing. Pretty similar when you think about it, but you're just not used to the music or the rhythms or the iconography of the time. And the thing is that the idea of the zombie is not at this time the same as what you've got in the movies. Yes, it is about bringing back people from the dead, but when they come back, they're alive. Sort of. And there are actual documented, medically proven, peer-reviewed examples of zombies. Again, not in the sense of rotting corpses shambling around. There was quite a famous example from the 1960s where it seems that some of these potions have got pufferfish venom in them. It's very dangerous stuff. And if you ingested even more than a microdose of it, it is likely to give you respiratory problems and can slip you into a coma. So when you put all this in, in together, it can look like someone's dead and they can be buried and a few days later, they can wake up from their coma. The poison has worked its way out of their body. And so it looks like they've risen from the grave. You add all this without an understanding of what's going on. And you can see how this is proof of the power of voodoo. 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 And the power of the person, the priest who did it. Now, there are actually different types of priests in voodoo. And I need to be clear on this. Most of them are more like priests who don't get involved in this sort of dark death kind of magic. The ones who do are called bokors, B-O-K-O-R, bokors. And they specialize in this kind of necromancy, this kind of death magic, if you like. 
and they're not like your regular priests. You wouldn't go and see them and worship with them every week or anything like that. But it's those sorts of people that will try and capture the souls of the dead. And then there is, and this is where I have to bring in another movie or series of movies. Talked about Zack Snyder's movies, talked a bit about Michael Bay. Now I'm going to have to talk very briefly about James Bond. No, really, because I'm going to mention one of the deities of voodoo, and that is Baron Samadhi. And you, if you know anything about them and you're not from Haiti, you'll be going, wasn't that the guy with the top hat and the skull face in Live and Let Die? With Roger Moore in a James Bond film? And you're right, you're absolutely right. Yes, that, that's what it is. So basically, James Bond is very reflective of its age. People say each generation gets the James Bond of that generation. A lot of people, older people, say Sean Connery, original and best. I would challenge that. If you go back, those movies have aged like any movies from the 1960s. They are very sexist. Didn't say goodbye to Felix. Uh, man talk. They're very culturally insensitive. They would not be made today. I'm also going to say some of the physical stunts are great, like with things like with cars, but in terms of actual fighting choreography, it's from Star Trek kind of era, and it looks it, as opposed to modern-day Daniel Craig, where he's clearly had to work out and had a proper fight choreographer getting involved in it. So, yeah, the amount of sort of, like, double punches to the back, which would do nothing to somebody, but always brings down their man. Yeah, that's what's going on there. So, whereas the sort of like 60s spy thrillers, and if you like, Bond kind of set the scene with these, this sort of suave, sophisticated guy. But then in the 70s, you get the kind of black exploitation movies, like Cleopatra Jones and Shaft and stuff like that. And so, yeah, James Bond jumped onto the back of that, and you basically had a black exploitation flick only starring James Bond, and it's got tarot card reading in it and voodoo and things like that. And it's, again, really culturally inappropriate and has not aged well. But if that's your point of reference, then Baron Samadhi is quite often shown that way, with a top hat, with a skull face. And basically he carries the souls of these people working with the Bokor back from the afterlife. A little bit like... In the Greek myths, you've got like Sharon, Charon, the boatman on the sticks carrying souls. It would be that kind of equivalent. So that does actually work. This is all starting in the 1600s. For the record, Baron Samadhi didn't have a top hat till the 1800s when they became more common and they would have been viewed, if you like, by people of the time, but would have been seen as basically dressing up. We actually know that in the history of Brazil in 1819, that is the first reference in the English language to the word zombie, except it doesn't have an E at the end. So the word zombie has been in the English language for about 200 years, although it was talking about Brazil, but it was still talking about the sort of local traditions about raising somebody from the grave. There have been interviews with people who are claiming they were a zombie. They were under the spell of these bokors. And it seems to be part hypnosis, part, in essence, or talking yourself into it, where these people just sort of shamble around like like the movie zombies and just sort of do menial tasks. They basically become almost like spiritual slaves of these bokors. And you can see how something like that could be turned, you know, sort of extrapolated further into something more fantastical. But this is an example of kind of something that is culturally with one group and then has been spun off into all these different directions. So 
When did this all change? I can actually give you the year it changed. Because while, yes, in 1932, there was literally a movie starring Bella Lugosi called White Zombie, this movie was sort of coming out at the time of all these monster movies like Dracula and Wolfman and The Mummy and things like that. You could argue that a, that a mummy is an early version of a zombie, okay? I mean, it is pretty similar, but it's got a very much an Egyptian twist to it. So... White Zombie, genuine movie, you can check it out on something like IMDb. It's again like the zombies I've just described from Haitian traditions. In essence, this man wants to bring his girlfriend or wife back from the dead and sort of like becomes his enslaved soul to him. And that's kind of what happens in the movie. You can see how it makes a good horror movie from the 1930s, but you can see again, she She's been dead, but she's risen from the grave. She's, in essence, back to normal, but perhaps not all there in her head. So that's 32, but then we come to 1968, and we get, here we are again, George A. Romero, and he starts off with Night of the Living Dead. That is the first time where zombies are coming back, but they're, they're moving, but they're still very much dead dead, and they're craving for human flesh and this kind of things. Now, Night of the Living Dead is a seminal film. It was shot on a shoestring budget. It is still very spooky and eerie today. And what's interesting, like all the great sci-fi movies or horror movies is it's clearly analogous to other things. So for example, and I'll be going into this more, I'm actually, so here's a, a trailer in the future, not quite sure when, give it a month, something like that. I'm going to be doing about Vietnam movies or Vietnam war films, TV shows, etc., that are in no way based in Vietnam. And this is one of them. Because the, the sort of footage part of it would have been very familiar to people who had seen the footage of the Vietnam War on the news at home. 1968, oh, there's something interesting. 1968, we're in the sort of like the peak of violence in the Vietnam War there. So that's one thing. Another thing it also is analogous to is the civil rights movement. There's a lot in here as well as a horror movie, okay? That is why Night of the Living Dead is considered an absolute stone-cold classic of cinema, of indie cinema, but also of horror cinema as well. And George A. Romero was to create this sort of trilogy, this almost holy trilogy of zombie movies. He went on to make a few more as well, and he did other things too, but he was very much associated with these, which started in 68, but went into the 1980s. And they are Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, there we are, that's the Zack Snyder remake of it, but there was the original, George A. Romero, which is why I said very dangerous territory to remake one of the trilogies. And then finally, Day of the Dead as well. So those three, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and Day of the Dead. If you don't watch any other zombie films, those are the three to watch and you will hopefully enjoy them. But that is when we suddenly got all the things about the shambling zombies, the rottingness, the craving for brains. This all came from Romero's head. It's remarkable. He's, he's almost like what it is to to the zombie genre, what J.R.R. Tolkien did to the fantasy genre. And look, to this day, one of the biggest cable-viewed 
TV series is Walking Dead. But because the word zombie's been so overly used over 50 years, interestingly, an army of the dead. It's not army of the zombies, is it? But also in the uh, Walking Dead, again, no mention of zombies. They, they're called biters or walkers. And, you know, the undead. A lot of people have tried to move away from the zombie word because it's been so overused. There's been Romzomcom. That's a real thing, by the way. There's been, by the way, I mentioned Dawn of the Dead. There is, of course, the British comedy version, Sean of the Dead. Take on, go to Mums, kill Phil, sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over. And there are just so many different spin-offs of these things. There, there are hundreds of movies now. Many of the better ones, interesting takes on them, like comedy, like, you know, psychological horror and things like that. So, you know, there's those, but also... There are the ones that are just out to scare you, and there's also a lot of garbage too, okay? Let's be honest about it. So, look, I have managed to take you through a journey of a sort of schlocky piece of pop culture. Certainly when Night of the Living Dead first came out, it didn't get the attention it deserved. It was one of these classic cult movies that just grew and grew in reputation over the years, which eventually allowed George A. Romero to start making some more of them. It took about a decade. I've taken you from the time of the Bible and ancient Greeks right up to 2021. And I would encourage you with all that in mind to check out Army of the Dead. It's, it's a fun film. And like I say, if you have Netflix, it costs you nothing. Why not? It's a bit of fun, a bit of a laugh. With that, hope you enjoyed this one. And as always, hopefully speak to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.